this Sunday evening a blessed day. I am so grateful for the blessings of the Lord and all that he has done and all that he is doing. And uh, I, am, I am blessed this evening to be able to stand once again in the house of the Lord with all of you and uh, so thankful for your kindness, your, your love this morning. And uh, let me just make this observation before we go any further, I'm not the only one getting old in this room, so let's just clarify that, all right? And I, some of the kids, some of the kids made me some cards, so this afternoon I did have time to sit and, and read through them, and I tell you, some of them are pretty funny, so, and, uh, but uh, you would think that uh, I, uh, I'm an old man by some of the terminology by those children, but uh, I'm still a young guy. It's just a number, but thank you for your love, your kindness uh, today. And wasn't the food wonderful? Everybody that prepared that, thank you. And uh, I know none of you ate too much, I'm sure, but, uh, but praise the Lord for, for the blessings uh, that God has given all of us. Amen. Well, I won't keep you long tonight, but I do want to share with you from the word of the Lord, if you have your Bibles with you, Isaiah chapter number 55, Isaiah chapter number 55, uh, and then if you want to keep your finger there and turn over to Mark chapter 10, I'm going to read with you from both of these passages of scripture just to bring you a thought and to uh, share that which the Lord has given us. I pray that we had ears to hear uh, this morning what the Lord was speaking and there's so much more uh, that we can dive into uh, concerning the message this morning. And uh, how many knows we need discernment today? We need to know what's going on in the world. And we need to know what's happening uh, in the spirit realm as well. I'm going to continue, kind of just uh, kind of continue in that vein a little bit, but not necessarily. But Isaiah 55, if the Lord would help us for a few moments tonight, as well as Mark chapter number 10. Uh, I want to read with you from the word of the Lord and for a few moments with the help of the spirit of the Lord, uh, we're going to talk to you tonight about the cry, the call, and the shift. The cry, the call, and the shift. Isaiah 55, uh, let us begin in verse number three. It says, incline your ear and come unto me Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Verse number six, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. 
So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now Mark chapter number 10, verse number 46 through verse number 52. We're going to do our best to tie these two things together this evening. Jesus is traveling with his disciples It says, and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus sat by the highway begging, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And Bartimaeus said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Our subject today is found in both of these scripture readings. And for a few moments tonight, we want to look at the importance of the cry and the response to the call, which I believe is the two ingredients that will determine the shift that occurs in our lives. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your people tonight in this house and those that are joining us by way of technology tonight. Lord, I pray that once again you would anoint this vessel today to speak your word with power and authority. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come alongside and would just take control of this vessel. And Lord, I pray that You would uh, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive. And Lord, give us understanding and give us knowledge of the hour and the season in which we find ourselves in. And we will give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And the church says, amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this, this evening. I know that may be a little more reading than normal. But for a few moments, the cry, the call, and the shift. I believe it's important for us to reveal to this generation, young and old alike, the key to experiencing a paradigm shift. I'm not talking about just a change of direction, but I'm talking about something bigger than that. This, this morning, as we begin to share with you about the discerning of the sound, how many knows that sounds are important? It is important that we have understanding and knowledge of what we're hearing and uh, you say, how important is sounds? We could go through every avenue and area of life and begin to distinguish the importance of having an understanding of what the sound is. It's oftentimes we can be walking across the grounds here, especially if it's early morning or late evening, and little Jackson will be in my arms or walking beside me, and he'll hear an old train horn, and immediately he'll say, Paul, train. He understands that there's a sound and he understands what that sound is associated with. 
notice with me, you and I today in the spiritual realm needs to have the ability to discern the sound that is coming up out of the earth. I'm not going to reteach or repreach that this morning, but how many knows that in order for us to have a true understanding, then we have to understand the basic fiber or the structure of the hour in which we're living. Now, when we look at Isaiah 55 and we look at Mark chapter 10, we find that both of these are dealing with a time of where there was a paradigm shift. Prophetically, Isaiah 55 is talking about something that would come where it was going to change everything. And we find that in Mark chapter 10, it was in a moment when everything changed for Bartimaeus. A paradigm shift, if I can describe it this way, is when the usual and accepted way of doing a thing completely changes. A paradigm shift is not just a change in direction, but it is also a time that which a standard or a form goes through a dramatic change. In the scientific community, you find that in order for there to be a paradigm shift, everything changes within the calculation or the form. However, in order for there to be a shift, there must first be a significant change in the paradigm itself. Meaning this, if you're desiring something different, you cannot continue to do what you've always done. There is, when you look in the dictionary, the explanation of simply saying, I'm going to do the same thing that I've always done, but I desire a different outcome. The definition of that basically is insanity. Now, you and I today need to understand that we cannot continue as we are as a nation and even as those connected with the church world. We desperately need a change, but just acknowledging a change does not necessarily give birth to change, but someone has to make a decision to do something Different. Isaiah the prophet, if you was to begin to read through the book of Isaiah, you will find that Isaiah 53 is a chapter where there begins to be an unveiling of the great price that would be paid at a place called Calvary in the future. And we know that that prophetic utterance came into existence and it was completed through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you were to read in chapter 54, you would find that there, was a, there is a prophetic insight given of the glorious kingdom to come and even the kingdom age and the glory and the power of that time. But when you get to chapter 55, it's something deeper and different because what it is, is we find that that which we read is giving and bringing a revelation of the invitation for any and all for whosoever will, anybody remember reading that in your Bible? Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But there is a revelation in chapter 55 where we find that the invitation was given to those that would come and partake of the one who gives access to the kingdom, for the one that would trust in the Lord, for the one that would commit their life to him, there is a way of escape of judgment and there is life and peace and everlasting things that we can look forward to. We see it was upon his arrival and upon his willingness to fulfill Jesus I'm speaking of that and to fulfill the will of the Father that the world experienced a 
changing or a shift in a paradigm. We find that for many years uh, after the fall of Adam and Eve that there was no longer uh, this fellowship between humanity and its creator as it had once been. But we find that due to sin and because of the fallen nature of man, that there was many things that was transpiring. There was the shedding of blood of many goats and bulls. And we find that there was many offerings and sacrifices that was given. But upon the arrival of Jesus that we fear and we talk about in Isaiah 53, 54, and 55, we find that there was a shifting and a paradigm where no longer there was going to be the need of a high priest going beyond the veil uh, on the day of atonement. There was no longer going to be a need for the blood to be sprinkled on the mercy seat. No longer was there going to be a need for rituals and activities to take place at a specific time uh, every year to just get things covered for a brief period of time. But that which blood of bulls and goats could not accomplish, we find according to Hebrews 10 that there was one, the spotless lamb of God. He came and he did that which no other was able to do. And therefore we find that upon his arrival and upon his faithfulness and upon his commitment, we notice with me there was a cry for a deliverance and there was a commissioning of the Son of God and there was a fulfillment of those prophetic things that was uttered for many years. Uh, but upon his arrival and upon his completion, we find that there was a shift that shook the very foundation of which men had known. You say, why is this important? Can I tell you tonight uh, that we know this, that it was upon his arrival and upon his presence been there uh, that everything changed. Can I tell you tonight uh, that it is still him that changes everything. Uh, when a man or a woman will put their faith and trust in him, uh, there can be a shift occur in the life of a man or a woman. Uh, there can be a shift in the life of a community. Uh, there can be a shift uh, take place in a nation. Uh, there can be a shift that takes place in the nations of the world. Uh, even when men fail to understand uh, his power and his authority, uh, if somebody uh, will respond in the manner that is biblically given, uh, we know uh, that he is faithful to answer. Uh, so tonight, I'm not here with doom and gloom, but tonight, I'm here to tell you that everything changed upon his arrival. Uh, and we find that in the story that we read together in Mark chapter 10, uh, that Jesus is walking with his disciples. Uh, and today, let me tell you, it still rings true uh, that upon his arrival, everything will change again. Uh, when you come to Mark chapter 10, we see a man who knew his future uh, would be determined by the events that was unfolding in this very particular moment. Uh, we see him begin to respond in a manner uh, that was not necessarily acceptable 
people uh, by those in the crowd that day. You find that it says that he heard that Jesus was passing by, uh, and it says this, uh, that he began to cry out, and notice what he says. Uh, He says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He could have said anything. Uh, He could have used any words uh, other than these, but I sincerely believe uh, that Barnabas had an understanding uh, of Isaiah, the prophetic words that had been given. Uh, And because of that, he was putting his faith and trust uh, in what he believed to be the one true Messiah. Others might have been following Jesus just because uh, of the hype and the noise of the day. Uh, Others was just trying to see, well, can I get close to him to see if he'll do what he's going to, what he done in other places, will he do it here? Uh, Maybe they was just there for the fishes and the loaves, but it was different with Bartimaeus uh, because he realized uh, that I need a change in my life. Uh, He understood that I cannot continue as I am. Uh, I've sat in darkness all of my life. Uh, I've waited on everybody else to do it for me. Uh, I don't have the ability nor the capacity uh, to fulfill the task that is in my heart to do uh, in the current condition that I'm in. Uh, But he began to hear a noise. Uh, And when he heard the sound, uh, he began to hear that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And as he begins to hear this, uh, it issues a cry up out of him. Uh, Can I tell you, there is so much power uh, in the cry uh, of someone uh, that is willing to put faith uh, in him. Uh, Listen, I'm not talking about crying out to him because you want something uh, in the natural, so to speak. Uh, He wants us to walk in blessing. I understand that. Uh, But I'm talking about crying out because of the fact that you know Uh, that you can't continue as you are. Uh, When you cry out in faith knowing uh, that I'm in desperate need of something different than what I currently have. Uh, And we find that Barnabas, uh, he was at a defining moment in his life and he had made a decision uh, when he heard that Jesus was passing. uh, He said, this is my opportunity. Uh, I'm going to cry out and acknowledge him for who he is. Uh, He was doing that by faith even though it wasn't popular. Uh, even though it wasn't accepted by even those that was walking with him. Uh, But he simply began to cry and they said, Bartimaeus, uh, you don't need to be calling out to him. Uh, Don't bother him. Uh, And he could have been silenced in that moment. Uh, But something deep inside of him did not allow him to sit in silence. Uh, But your Bible says uh, that he cried the more so, meaning this, uh, that once again he lifted up his voice Voice, uh, and he began to cry. Uh, he said, Jesus, thou son of David, uh, have mercy on me. Uh, anybody glad you got the mercy of God on your life tonight? Uh, notice the psalmist David said, surely goodness and mercy uh, will follow me all the days of my life. Uh, maybe you don't need it, but tonight I'm thankful uh, for the mercy of God. Uh, I'm thankful for the goodness of God. Uh, I know we might be a little light tonight, but we you 
you stay with me just for a few moments uh, because I believe God wants to talk to somebody in this room. Uh, don't allow the enemy to distract you and keep you from hearing what God would have you to hear tonight. Uh, maybe it's not for anybody in this room, uh, but maybe it's for somebody that's sitting in a waiter place on the other side of that camera. Uh, you say, oh, I don't know if that really makes an impact or not. Can I tell you? Uh, I can tell you there was a couple of older women that was in this house a few weeks ago. Nobody knew who they was. Uh, I don't even know their names, uh, but they're on the other side of Indianapolis and somehow they watched the church service uh, and they began to listen to the word of God uh, and they said, we got to go to Connorsville. Don't know where it's at. Don't know why we're going. We want to sit in the presence of the church. Uh, so I may not be talking to anybody in this room, uh, but I may be talking to somebody out there, but I'm telling you tonight uh, by the unction of the Holy Spirit uh, that it don't have to stay that the way that it is, uh, but there's a shift uh, that can happen uh, and I'm not talking about just a change of course, uh, but I'm talking about a paradigm shift uh, that can change the life of a man or a woman uh, that can then impact a community, that then can impact a nation, uh, that can then impact the nations of the world uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, we find Bartimaeus sitting in this place uh, where he's simply saying, I've got to cry out, this is my opportunity. Uh, and everybody else didn't really understand what was going on. Uh, but it was in this moment when he began to cry aloud uh, that all of a sudden when men was telling him to be quiet uh, that Jesus stood still right. think about it he stood still and he looks around and he's hearing a sound and he says bring me the one that is making that sound the one that is calling out to me in faith the one that is calling out to me believing and acknowledging who I truly am. The one that is saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Let him come and stand in my presence. Let me say this this evening when we see that when faith is given a voice, it will always cause him to stand still. It was his cry that caused Jesus to halt for a moment and faith in action will always create a response from our Savior. And we find that he says, bring him to me. And it was in this moment that the decision had to be made. We find that when Jesus is standing and we find that now Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road, sitting in a place where he has sat probably many times before, sitting in a state where he is now believing and saying, I believe this man is more than able to meet me at my place of need. You say, how can you make that statement? Is because we do not read of a hesitation. But when Jesus looked to him and said, what is it that you would have me to do? He simply immediately said that I may receive my sight. He immediately addressed what he had faith for the cry. And he simply said, I am believing that you are more than able to bring mercy upon me that will create this uh, ability for me to do something and be something that I've never been before. And sitting in this darkness, unable to break free from this paradigm that he has always lived in, he now is receiving a call, come unto me. And they come and they say this to him, be of good cheer, be full of comfort, 
because he's calling you. And it's in this moment that Bartimaeus finds himself now having to make a decision. And we find that it says that he, casting away his garment, rose and he came to Jesus. What an amazing statement that we find in this particular passage. Notice with me that Bartimaeus had lived his life and he had been clothed in a garment that was used and recognized by those of his day. For a lack of better terminology tonight, we'll simply call it a beggar's garment. It was a garment that he had been wrapped in and walked in and lived in every day of his life. It was a garment where he understood that this is my provision. This is that which has supplied my needs, so to speak. And every day he would find himself sitting in different locations, I'm sure. And he would sit down and this garment was a garment that was about him, a blanket of sorts. And it was a garment that where people would walk by, they would pass in and they would toss in their coins and the things that they would give so he could just make it through a day. But at the end of that day, he would find himself reaching out and gathering that garment and bringing it close to him so that everything that had been given to him that day would come into his possession. It was the garment that had provided security. It was the garment that had provided him the things that he needed just to exist one more day. But he was not concerned about just existing in the current form as he had always existed. But there was a passion, there was a desire for something different. He was desiring for his paradigm to shift and to be some different than it was ever before in his life. And we find upon receiving the call of saying, come, he's calling you, he had a moment where he had to make a decision. Will I continue as I've always been? Will I keep my faith in that which has just got me through day after day, but never brought me to a place of deliverance? Uh, or will I believe in that which I've been calling out for? Do, do you understand that sometimes you have to go beyond the rational mind and realize that I've got to go all in at this moment in time? And it was at that moment that Bartimaeus, we find that he cast his garment aside and he came to Jesus. Notice with me tonight, this is a significant part of the story because what he was saying is, not only am I crying and not only am I responding to the call, but I am positioning myself for there to be a shift in my life uh, because he was getting ready to stand before humanity uh, in a manner that he had not stood before them his whole adult life uh, because every time he had stood before humanity uh, in his adult life, he had been wrapped in this garment because he couldn't go anywhere without it because it was his source. Uh, it was how he was identified. Uh, but can I tell you in this moment he said I believe that my cry uh, has awakened the master uh, and therefore because he is calling me uh, I am believing that he is more than able to do what needs to be done in my life uh, and that there's a shift getting ready to occur uh, and it was in this moment in the midst of doubt uh, in the midst of uncertainty uh, in the midst of everybody saying don't bother him uh, he still said I'm going to respond uh, because there's something in 
inside of me uh, that tells me today's not like every other day. Uh, there's somebody walking by that doesn't normally walk by. Uh, is it all right if I just preach for a few moments tonight? Uh, because can I tell you, uh, when he comes and he stands in the presence, uh, in a moment the Lord looks at him and he says, what will you have me to do? Uh, and the blind man says, uh, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Uh, and in that moment, uh, notice what he hears. Uh, the Lord says, go thy way. Uh, thy faith uh, hath made thee whole. Uh, and in a moment, uh, he received something uh, that he never could have had before. Uh, but it was because there was a paradigm shift uh, that took place in that moment. Oh, God, help me tonight. Uh, I'm here to tell somebody, uh, I know what the world looks like. Uh, I know what the sounds like. Uh, but I'm here to tell you God uh, is responding to the cry uh, and he is issuing a call uh, to the one that I have that I will be brave enough uh, to believe uh, and that will respond and give voice to faith. Uh, there's a paradigm shift coming. Uh, that means uh, we're not going to stay as we've always been. Uh, it means we're not just going to have church as usual. Uh, but it means uh, that there's some things been disturbed uh, and some disruption is occurring. Uh, and it means a shout uh, of celebration uh, is ours if we want it. Can I tell you tonight, uh, he was sitting in darkness, unable to break free from the paradigm that he was in. Uh, but the moment that he gave voice to the faith that was rising inside of him, everything began to change. And he casting away his garment, he positioned himself to encounter a paradigm shift. What does that mean? What does it really look like? He was able to move in this manner because of what he had understanding of in Isaiah 55. I didn't forget where we started. Let me take you back to it. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I've given him, talking about Jesus, I've given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Notice, he goes on and says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Notice, Bartimaeus was doing what he had understanding of. He had heard, hey, there's one coming. He's going to do things. He's going to make a way. He's going to create a different paradigm. But when he comes, seek him. Call upon him when he's near. And when he understood this, he said, listen, he said, he will have mercy upon you. And that's why he begins to cry out, Lord, have mercy upon me. But notice, I believe that Barnabas had understanding of this final part in verse number seven, for he will abundantly pardon you, meaning he will remove everything off of you that the enemy has placed on you. Somebody missed a place to shout right there. Because the enemy has told you, you're this, you're this, you're this. You'll never get beyond that. You'll never get beyond that. And you'll never get beyond that. It's too scattered. It's too dark. You're too guilty. But the Lord comes along and says, the blood. 
Please hear me tonight. But how can this really happen? Is when faith is present, everything changes. Bartimaeus began to operate in a manner. And you say, well, that's wonderful for blind Bartimaeus and all of these things. But can I remind you the words of Jesus? You'll find them in Matthew. You'll find them in Mark as well. But when Jesus is speaking, he makes a statement. And I believe it's important for all of us. In Matthew eleven fifteen, he says this. He that hath ears, let him hear. I, I think we need to have ears to hear tonight. God does not want us to stay in the manner that we are. But God wants us to experience a paradigm shift in this moment of time. But there is a couple of things that is needed. Number one, there's a cry. Meaning there has to be an acknowledgement of who he is. I want to ask you tonight, are we willing to allow our voice to ring out in faith in order for there to be a shifting of a paradigm? You see, does it really need to take place today? Can I tell you that we're in one of the most religious, structured seasons of history? Men have become very religious. We've become very committed to our religious activities. And we are, we have been molded and our society has been created in such a manner over the last several years that men and women now believe that if I check a few boxes, everything's going to be well with me for all of eternity. And this paradigm needs to be shifted because can I tell you it is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ it is about walking in the power and the authority of his spirit it's about being the witnesses that we've been called to be there must be a shift because in the midst of all of the religious all of the religiosity that we have today we have men and women sitting all around us that is spiritually blinded much like Barnabas was blinded naturally unable to see and therefore they are sitting wrapped in garments it's nothing more than a beggar's garment they're saying oh somebody just give me something this Sunday so I can make it to next Sunday somebody just throw something to me so I can survive for another work week or so I can get through another trial so I, and they don't realize they're in this place of bondage but there's a shift and this shift is not a man-made shift. But the Lord says, if you'll cry out unto me, then I will be faithful to summon you. And when you stand in my presence, then you have to make a decision. What do you want? Do you want what I can give you? Or do you want to hang on to a garment? In that moment, Bartimaeus made a decision. After today, I'm no longer going to be who I've been because there's something changing. I sincerely believe this with all of my heart as I come to the music this evening. We find ourselves in a place where we do not have to be 
what we've always been. There has been times throughout history that we can celebrate the goodness of God, the grace of God, the moving of God. And I'm thankful for all of the stories of yesteryears. But I'm not interested in just continuing to tell stories. I'm interested in creating a story for a generation that can see and experience the mighty works of God for themselves. And that only happens if there's a shift. Why is it tonight that we have a society that wants to identify as Christian but yet their heart is far from God? Why is it that we have a society today that there's really no excuse? There is many in my generation and the generation before me that was taken and raised in the house of God and they experienced the presence of God and the moving of the Spirit, but yet they have no appetite for it today. Everything else takes a priority. They're blinded and they've got accustomed to just thinking that this is all there is, just a garment and I just got to make it. I just got to do this and got to do that. But can I tell you, there's a there's a shift that can occur in your life. But somebody's got to begin to cry out. Barnabas understood that that which the prophet spoke of in Isaiah 55 wasn't going to come in the future, but he was already present in his day. All of my life, as far back as I can remember, this has not been critical. This has just been totally honest and transparent with you. All of my life, I have heard great men and women of God speak of Acts chapter 2 as a time to come in the future, failing to understand that they was living in the very moment and had been since the day of Pentecost when it was recorded. It was in their lifetime that their sons and daughters should have been experiencing the outpouring that Peter preached about on that day. But they always looked at, saying that's going to be for our children or our children's children, and they missed some of the greatest blessings that they could have had. Folks, I'm not concerned necessarily about 50 years from now. I know this 50 years from now, I don't want to even imagine if the Lord delays his coming that long unless there is an authentic move of God in the present where we experience a paradigm shift and we can't have it without a cry. But all if there's a cry, I can tell you there will be a call. Because he is bound by his word. And he says, for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. That means this. If somebody calls out on him, he is faithful to respond to them. Meaning this, if you cry, I will will come. But then there's a decision that has to be made. Will we allow 
the cycle to be broken. This is not about a one great service. This is not about just one move of God. This isn't about just one good altar service or one time of the presence been ushered in in a song. But this is about having a life-altering experience that says, I'm going to live tomorrow differently than I live today. Can I tell you this evening that Bartimaeus never lived the same after that moment. He no longer had to be led by somebody else. He no longer had to depend on somebody else. He no longer had to wait on somebody else because for the first time he was able to see He was no longer bound by darkness. He was no longer bound by the things that had been placed upon him. But he walked in a manner that he never walked before. And his life was lived differently from that day forward. Here's what I want to say to you tonight. And I sincerely believe this and I understand this more so than I can probably even articulate to you because it's in my own life in this very moment is this. If somebody truly, authentically calls out to God in faith and he summons you and you respond to the call you do not have the ability to live as you always lived your life will radically be different at 50 years of age almost now I can tell you this that I cannot live as I've always lived because there is a paradigm shifting in my life it's not because of grandkids that's an awesome part of the shift but that's awesome that's not that's not what it's about it's but because of the cry of saying God I need you I need you and then because of him saying come unto me come unto me and when I come to him then I have to make the decision am I going to stay as I was or am I going to trust and believe in what I was crying for and can I tell you changes everything don't always have the answer you find yourself sitting in places that you don't understand how and we ended up there but you get there and you find that God is faithful and he keeps revealing himself deeper and deeper and deeper you may think I've lost my mind tonight but I'm here to tell you that I am sincerely believing that we not when I say we, I'm not talking about just me and Debbie, but I sincerely believe that this ministry that God has given us to help shepherd and lead for this season, that we are on the, we are on the brink of experiencing a paradigm shift where it's going to be much different than it's ever been. There is an intensity of the Holy Spirit that is coming but there is a great responsibility associated with that which God is about to do, not just in this house, but in houses of worship across this land. So therefore, there are some decisions that has to be made in every one of our lives. So tonight, I wonder, I wonder, are we willing 
as individuals, are we willing to cast away our garment like Barnabas did and say, I don't need that anymore because I know God has something new and fresh for me today. Everybody else was saying, oh, don't bother him. But the Lord said, I'm going to do something special for the one that cried out unto me. Today, today is a day where everything can change. If you'll cry out in faith, and if you will believe, can I tell you today, just incline your ear and come unto him and your soul shall live. Maybe the enemy's telling you, I just don't know. You don't fit, you don't belong. There's too much this and too much that. But I'm here to declare to somebody, you're gonna live if you'll cry out. If you put your faith and trust in it, you can experience the greater of God, the blessings of God. And you can experience a paradigm shift in your life. As we stand all over the house this evening, say preacher do you believe that can really happen for me I really believe it can happen for you whether you're in this room or whether you're joining us by way of technology tonight wherever you find yourself I believe it can happen to you it can happen for you Bartimaeus understood Tonight, our nation is in trouble. Our families are in trouble. Our communities are in trouble. There is such activity, I believe, over the next several months that's getting ready to be revealed and uncovered that we are going to find that the true identity of many men and women was not what we thought it was to be. And I'm not just talking about a political realm, but I'm talking about even within the church realm. And it will cause many to become weary, and cause many to shake their head and say, I just don't know. But I'm here to tell you tonight that God is going to receive glory and honor by all that's getting ready to transpire. Because in order for there to be a paradigm shift, it means certain things have to be tore down and reestablished and there's a tearing down of some things in this nation but there is a reestablishing that's getting ready to take place and it's going to set the stage for I believe the greatest harvest that the world has ever known for the kingdom of God and then upon that final harvest there is going to be a sound heard that generations have waited on and it will be a sound from the heavenlies where those that are dead in Christ shall arise first and those that are alive and remain will be called up to meet him in the air but before that great great day 
I sincerely believe that there's a paradigm shift. Let's be part of that which God is getting ready to do. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, that you are the giver of life, but also I thank you that you are the one that is the sustainer of life. And I thank you that you are the one that can bring new life. Today, Lord, we stand corporately and we lift our hearts for you and we cry out to you today on behalf of our families, our community, and our nation. And we simply say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. And I know there would be those that would say, oh, there's no need to cry unto him now, but we're not going to let that deter us, but we are going to cry even the more so. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. For Lord, we realize that this current condition that we find ourselves in is not the condition that you have for us, that there is more. Lord, we believe that there's more anointing, there's more revelation, there's more, there's more in every avenue. So today, Lord, we call out to you. Not only do we call out to you, but we by faith lay aside the garments that this paradigm that we find ourselves in has placed upon us. And we're not putting our trust in man or we're not putting our trust in our fortunes or our, our positions, our titles, or our possessions. But Lord, we are putting our faith and trust in you. And Lord, whatever it is that you're calling us to, that's what we're saying yes to. So today, Lord, I pray that there would be a dispelling of, spe uh, of fear off of the men and women of God in this room and those that's wanting us, they're joining us by way of technology tonight. Lord, maybe you've been issuing a call to them and maybe you've been saying, come, come up higher and trust me and, and follow me. I don't know exactly what terms you may have been using to them, but Lord, maybe there's been a, a hesitation and an uncertainty. But Lord, I break every stronghold of fear off them tonight by the name that's above every name. And Lord, I decree and declare over them tonight liberty and freedom. And I, I encourage them to stand fast in the liberty wherewith they have in you. And Lord, we, by casting away those garments, are signaling that we will trust you and only you. And Lord, it is in this moment of time that we're believing for the wind bring about a change in the atmosphere over our families, over our community, and even over our nation tonight. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the, I thank you for the lamps that's still filled with oil. 
that's scattered throughout this land. But Lord, tonight I'm praying that by the Holy Spirit, that there would be a trimming of the wick where there would begin to be a greater illuminating of the light and a dispelling of darkness off of lives. Today I decree and declare that this is the day of the shift. Lord, just by the, by the unction of the Holy Spirit tonight, I, I'm believing that today's the day that men and women are going to experience the, the breaking free of that which the enemy is trying to clothe them with. So today, Lord, I say thank you. Lord, I say thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit in this room even now. Lord, I speak life over every family, every individual. Lord, I decree and declare increase, favor, health. Lord, I thank you for the setting apart that's taking place right now within the body of Christ where you're getting ready to use mightily a remnant of people where signs and wonders will begin to follow them that believe because of this paradigm shift that we're experiencing. So today, Lord, I thank you for the revival fires. I thank you for the visitation of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for the wayward and the prodigals that's coming home. Lord, I thank you for those that have never known you that's getting ready to hear and see and experience you for the very first time. So today, Lord, we pray the prayer that Solomon prayed. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding that while we walk in this time of shifting, that we will walk in a manner that brings glory and honor to you and your kingdom. So tonight, Lord, as we prepare to leave this house but not your presence, I pray that you will go with us. I pray that you will lead us. I pray that you will guide us. But before we leave this room tonight, I pray that you would give us the courage to cast off those garments and let us walk in the newness that you have for us today. And Lord, we simply say these words, let the shift begin in me. Let the shift begin in this house. Let there begin to be a shout arise out of the midst of your people. And Lord, as the scales fall from their eyes, let them see as they have never saw. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor. And the church says, amen. amen. Pastor Jade here, I just want to thank you for watching the service with us today and being a part of it. We ask that you stay in touch with us, follow us on all of our social media platforms, and we'll see you again soon. We love you, so does God.